to be honest, I'm still in shock because because of how young he was, you know. You never, I would have never thought, I would have never thought we would lose him from COVID. You are listening to the Path Forward Dayton, a Dayton Daily News podcast where we discuss the most pressing issues facing our region. I'm your host, Dayton Daily News reporter Jordan Laird. Especially with the Delta variant, we have lost a lot of young people. While people under the age of 50 still make up a minority of serious illnesses and deaths from COVID-19, more died in this wave driven by Delta than at any other time since the pandemic began. For this episode, I spoke with area hospital workers caring for these patients and a family who lost their 37-year-old patriarch to COVID in August. For a few weeks, Dayton hospital leaders have been saying that they are treating more middle-aged and younger people with COVID-19 than ever before. So I crunched some numbers from the Ohio Department of Health and found some really grim figures. September was the deadliest month of the whole pandemic for Ohioans and Dayton area residents under 50. Locally, August was the second deadliest month for the age group. Statewide, 120 residents under 50 died from COVID in September. Compare that to the previous one-month high in December of 106 deaths under 50. And remember, the wave in December preceded the widespread rollout of vaccines, and the overall death toll then was higher. Now we're looking at people our same age. That was 34-year-old Sable Morgan, a nurse in the intensive care unit at Miami Valley Hospital. It, it makes it a lot more emotional because a lot of these people have children at home the same age as your children. And you keep fighting and you keep fighting because these babies at home need their mom or their dad at home. And, and when you lose that fight, you take it home with you. And that makes it very, very tiring, very emotional. Lot, lots of tears are shed on our unit. The frontline healthcare workers I spoke with are exhausted. They've been treating COVID patients for going on 20 months. And while every death from COVID is a tragedy, these deaths of middle age and younger adults really hit them hard. Dr. Median Ali, director of the intensive care unit at Sycamore Medical Center in Miamisburg, described some of his experiences. Just without going into specific, I can tell you some stories. I mean, I, I had a young woman, 37, mother of four, who was, you know, unvaccinated and unfortunately got sick with COVID. She got really very sick. We had to put her on a life support and then we had to go through multiple, you know, setbacks and then we got her better. We tried to get her to another hospital for ECMO because she was getting worse. And, you know, we tried everything because we know we met her husband. We, we talked to the kids, uh, to her kids over the, over the FaceTime. So we had that emotional connection, and eventually, uh, unfortunately, she couldn't make it. And that was really very difficult on the nursing staff, on us as physicians, you know, because, you know, like, these kids lost their mother forever for something, you know, that would be preventable. We had um, a 38-year-old man who was um, the bread maker for the family that also was a very, very nice guy, and, you know, you get to know them from day number one when they come. They are a little bit sick. They're still talking. They're still joking. And you, you get that human factor, like, you know, that um, these people, maybe, like, regardless of the uh, reason they didn't take the vaccine, they are really decent people. 
Um, and when you get to know them, get to know their family. Part of you wish you can go back in time and, you know, tell them, please get vaccinated. This is what's waiting for you. In 2021, unvaccinated Ohioans have made up 98% of statewide COVID-19 deaths, according to the Ohio Department of Health. It's hard for the kids to talk about it, you know. They say they miss them sometimes, so I have to go in the room, you know, cry. That's Ira Butler. Recently, I visited Butler, a preschool teacher, at her home in Harrison Township to speak about her late fiancé, Willie Edwards. They were raising their five kids together. Every time we used to take photos, we always used to put them on the wall. My big brother, D'Angelo's, you see that? He used to play football. Mm-hmm. I used to play basketball right there. Mm-hmm. So you see all those stuff, that's our memories. That's Willie Edwards Jr. He's seven, and he's showing me all the photos on the walls. Some are smiling group shots, and others are of Willie and his siblings playing sports. He pulled out a book of pictures of his father titled Coach Will that a family friend put together and described each one page by page to me. Who told you he's not in your head, he's in your heart? Did somebody tell you that? No, that's just bringing it by myself. He's pretty smart. He is pretty smart. (laughs) Willie's the most talkative of the four kids present. Four-year-old William Edwards, who they call Liam, interrupts occasionally, trying to get his mom's attention. Liam sometimes says he misses his dad, but he doesn't really understand where his dad went, Butler says. Anira Jacko, 14, and D'Angelo Jacko, 15, were more withdrawn. They're Butler's children by another partner, but Edwards had raised them most of their lives. He was, he was strict at times, but like it taught me a lot of lessons when he was strict, and he made me the man that I am today. Edwards and Butler graduated from Trotwood Madison High School. They reconnected in 2012 on Facebook. By then, she had two kids, and he had one, Kayla Edwards, now 13. He was really good with the kids, you know. Kids loved him. All kids, not just his own. Butler said they were a close family that did everything together. Edwards liked spending time with Butler, playing with his youngest sons, taking his daughters on girls' trips somewhere special, and coaching D'Angelo. Edwards also coached fifth-grade peewee football in Trotwood. He was a hard worker. He was a family man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that describes him. A hard-working family man that really reached out to the community when he could. In late July, the whole family got COVID-19. Butler suspects Edwards brought it home from his job as an RTA bus driver. The kids showed few symptoms, D'Angelo felt sick, and Butler felt worse. Edwards complained his chest hurt. After four days, he went to Miami Valley Hospital and was told his oxygen was low. Edwards already had some health issues, including asthma, high blood pressure, and sleep apnea. But he was young and otherwise healthy, so none of them imagined what would happen next. He was admitted and put on a CPAP machine, but it wasn't enough. After a few days, Edwards was transferred to UC Health so he could be put on life support and a ventilator. He would need to be put in a medically induced coma. Since his family had COVID-19, they could not visit him in the hospital until they were clear of the virus. You know, that, was, that made it even worse because, you know, he was, in, he was fighting alone at first because, you know, we could, I couldn't go see him because I had COVID. Edwards called Butler before he was put into a coma. He was just telling me, um, you know, he's scared to go on a ventilator and um, that he loved, he loved me, he loved us. And um, 
Made it with time. After she cleared the virus, Butler would visit Edwards as often as she could. You know, we got to drive an hour there and an hour back, so that yeah. was just, that was a lot. Yeah, so it was taking a toll on It was a lot. Yeah. Taking me away from my kids, because I didn't really take my kids up there. I didn't want them to, to see them like that. Sometimes she brought the older kids, but she never took Willie and Liam. It was just hard seeing him like that. And I was just like praying for him every day, hoping he would wake up and get better. When they couldn't make the trip, staff would place a phone by Edward's ear and allow the family to talk to him. When we couldn't go up there, they put the phone by his ear so that he could hear us. They say that he could hear us. So, you know, we talked to him, the kids talked to him, they said it would help. Hospital staff asked Edward's family if he died, should staff resuscitate him? Everything just started failing, basically. So he just asked us, you know, if we pa if he passed away, did they want us to do, um, you know, CPR and cardi, you know, do the compressions? And we at first we did. It was like, you know, we want you to do everything you can to save him. But then they started telling us, you know, if they did um, compressions and CPR, they would break his ribs and it would just make it worse and they would die. he would die painful death. We ended up uh, taking him off everything and he died as soon as we did. He was, he was only, it was, he wasn't getting better. He was only getting worse. Edwards died on August 28th. Yeah, it's been pretty hard. I mean, I got to cry so much I can't cry no more. So, I mean, I have my days. Like, today was really a rough day. So I think that's why I'm not even crying out because I've cried today already. So. I mean, even a month later, it's still hard to deal with it. Edwards had talked about getting the coronavirus vaccine. After he fell ill, he did not express regret about not getting the shot. He didn't have much time to think about it, Butler said. This has been Dayton Daily News, The Path Forward. For more of our coverage of the coronavirus pandemic, visit DaytonDailyNews.com backslash coronavirus. I'm Jordan Laird. Join me next time.